For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Spiritual Application of Passover. This is part four of the series. Looking at the details of the requirements back in Exodus chapter 12, one of the requirements is that the body of the lamb must be eaten. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, it says, And you shall eat the flesh in that night. Roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs shall you eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire its head with his legs and with the pertinent thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remains of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. The lamb here spiritually is representing Yeshua the Messiah. He is our Passover lamb. John chapter 6 verse 4, the setting is Passover. So it says in verse 4, in the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. And now in verse 51, with the setting being Passover, Yeshua says, John 6, 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened, for even Messiah our Passover. Messiah is called the Passover lamb. Messiah our Passover, he is sacrificed for us. What is the spiritual meaning of eating the lamb? Why are we to eat the lamb? Well, in John chapter 6, which the setting once again is Passover, Messiah associates the eating of the lamb with believing that he is the Messiah. So when you eat the lamb, you're believing that Yeshua is the Messiah. Let's see this. In John chapter 6, verses 52 through 57, it says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Remember, he's the lamb of the God of Israel. How can he give us his flesh to eat? Yeshua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh, he's making a reference to that Passover lamb. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eats me 
even he shall live by me. So he keeps making reference repeatedly that you need to eat his flesh. This does not make sense unless you understand that the setting is Passover and the context of the requirement of that Passover lamb. Let's look at this in a little bit greater detail. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 8 it says, And you shall eat the flesh of the Passover lamb. The Hebrew word for flesh is the Strong's number 1320. It's the Hebrew word basar, which means literally flesh, and it's flesh of humans or of animals, or it can refer to the entire body itself. But we have an equivalent Hebrew word, which is pronounced the same way. It's the Strong's number 1319. So thus, it also is pronounced basar. Uh, the word basar in Hebrew means to announce good tidings, to announce salvation, to preach, to publish and proclaim good news. So literally when you're eating the flesh in Hebrew, you're eating the basar, and basar in Hebrew means the good news. It means the gospel. So you're eating the gospel when you're eating the flesh. Let's see this in Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7. It says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings. The Hebrew word for good tidings is basar, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings, basar of good, that publishes salvation, that that says in Zion, your God reigns. And then in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. The Hebrew word is basar. Under the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives. So when you're eating the flesh, in Hebrew you're eating the basar, and the basar is the gospel. So if you're eating the gospel, you're believing the gospel, and you believe Yeshua is the Messiah, and you're announcing and you're proclaiming good news when you spiritually eat it. That's why you're commanded to eat the flesh. The lamb must be eaten the same night. Exodus chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. Once again, in verse 8, it says, You shall eat the flesh in that night. The detailed requirements, roast with fire, with unleavened bread, bitter herbs. Verse 9, not sodden with water. Eat the head, the legs, and all the pertinent. But then in verse 10, it says, And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. In other words, you're supposed to eat it that same night and you're to eat all of it. Don't let nothing remain. That is because when you eat the gospel, you're supposed to take all of the gospel. You're supposed to receive all of the gospel. And basar in Hebrew means to announce or proclaim salvation or good news. Today, when you eat that flesh, today, that day, is the day of salvation. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says, Yeshua came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The gospel's here. Believe it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 says, For he says, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 8 it says, 
that the lamb was to be eaten with unleavened bread. Eat the flesh with unleavened bread. What does this teach us? Well, leaven in the Bible represents sin. Leaven is sin. We can see this if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 6 through 8. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you in Messiah with your sins being forgiven you are unleavened. For even Messiah our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast. How do we keep the feast? Not with old leaven, not with the ways of the world and our old sin nature, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. If leaven represents sin, unleavened bread represents without sin. In Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 it says, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And then in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 it says, But as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. This word conversation means conduct, how you live your life. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Quoting from Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 2. Yeshua was without sin. He's unleavened. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Then in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 21 and 22, it is written, For even hereunto were you called, because Messiah also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his step. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 8, another requirement of the lamb is you to eat the flesh not only with unleavened bread, but you were also to eat it with bitter herbs. What is this spiritually communicating to us? Well, bitterness in the Bible represents, among other things, being disobedient to Yahweh and being disobedient to his Torah. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 19 it says, Your own wickedness shall corrupt you and your backsliding shall reprove you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that you have forsaken the Lord your God and that my fear is not in you, says the Lord God of hosts. You forsaking me, it is a bitter thing. Jeremiah chapter 4 verses 17 and 18. As keepers of a field are they against her roundabout because she has been rebellious against me, says the Lord. Your way and your doings have procured these things unto you. This is your wickedness because it is bitter, because it reaches unto your heart. In the Hebrew language, bitterness is linked with rebellion. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 8, the word bitter is the Strong's number 4844. It is the Hebrew word maror, which means something bitter. It means a bitter herb or it means bitterness. Now, let's look at Exodus chapter 15 verse 23. It says, when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah because they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Marah 
bra is the Strong's number 4784. It means to be contentious, to be rebellious, to be disobedient. Notice Maror and Marah share the same base letters in Hebrew, which means that they are associated and linked with each other. When you are Marah, when you're disobedient, the result is Maror, bitterness that comes into your life. Now, Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Make ye mention to the nations, behold, publish against Jerusalem that watchers come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. Because she's been rebellious, Marah. Back in Exodus chapter 15, verse 23, it says, call it Marah because it was bitter. Here, the word that was translated as Marah and bitter in Exodus chapter 15, verse 23, the King James translates in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 17 as rebellious against me, says the Lord. Bitterness also represents hardship, trials, and testing. That's what happened in Exodus chapter 15, verse 23. They encountered a hardship, a trial, or a test. They came to Marah. They could not drink the waters of Marah. There was a trial. It was a hardship. It was a test because those waters were bitter. Now in Lamentations chapter 1, verse 4, because the nation of Israel, the house of Jacob, has broken the covenant, have not followed the commandments of the God of Israel, she has a spiritual condition of being bitter. And we can see this in Lamentations chapter 1 verse 4. The waves of Zion do mourn because none come to the solemn feast. All her gates are desolate. Her presi, her virgins are afflicted and she is in bitterness. In Lamentations chapter 3 verse 1 and then in verse 15 it says, I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunken with wormwood. Wormwood and bitterness is associated with each other. Yeshua drank of a bitter cup at Gethsemane. Why is he drinking of this bitter cup? Because it says in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 63, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. By being disobedient to the commandment of the God of Israel, bitterness came upon his people. Messiah is taking upon himself the sins of his people, so he likewise is going to drink of a bitter cup. This was in Gethsemane. What was the bitter cup? Laying down his life and the struggles with the flesh that doesn't want to get up there and hang on a tree and go through all the humiliation and all the pain and all the suffering. Mark chapter 14, verse 32 and verse 36, it says, And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, which means a place of pressure, a a place of drawing out the oil from the olives, an olive press. And he says to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Why? Because it's a bitter cup. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Even though bitter things come into your lives, press on, press through. Nevertheless, what you will. Keep following the ways of the God of Israel. The lamb, back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 8, was to be roast with fire. It says that in Exodus chapter 12, verse 8, eat the flesh, roast with fire, and then it repeats it in Exodus chapter 12, verse 
verse 9, that you are to roast the lamb with fire. Fire represents, among other things, judgment. The lamb was roasted, which means judgment was going to come upon the lamb. How did judgment come upon Yeshua the Messiah? Because he took upon himself the sins of the world. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 24, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. In Exodus chapter 9, verse 23, it says, And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. Jeremiah chapter 52 and verse 13. And burned the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem and all the houses of the great men burned he with fire. Notice when judgment came upon Sodom and Gomorrah, judgment came upon Egypt, judgment comes upon the people of the God of Israel, so thus the temple gets destroyed. They were all destroyed with fire. When judgment comes upon Hasatan and his ultimate judgment in the end of time, it says in Revelation chapter 20 verse 10 and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire fire representing judgment and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever but fire not only represents judgment but it represents refinement and purification psalm chapter 12 verse 6 the words of the lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 9. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. Malachi chapter 3 verse 3. And he shall sit as a refiner in a purifier of silver and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. How is gold and silver purged? By fire. That they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. It represents us going through refinement and purification, trial and testing in a furnace. If we eat the lamb and truly eat all the lamb, this is the process where our lives will go in following the ways of the God of Israel. Fire also represents the trials of our faith. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, your faith is tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Yeshua HaMashiach. You see, if the word of the God of Israel is tried, and you are to have his word in your heart, guess who's got to get tried? You are because his word's being tried and his word's in your heart. So therefore, you are being tried because the word is being tried and the purpose of it is to come forth as gold, purified. James 1, verses 2 and 3 and then verse 12. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing. You know it's not possible to count it joy when you go through trial and tribulations unless you know. You gotta know. And if you know, then you can count it joy. Knowing what? Knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. In other words, you're 
going to have to endure. You're going to have to stick with it. You're going to have to go through what you're going through. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. And actually, if you look up the word temptation in the Greek, it means trials and tribulations. Blessed is the man that endures trials and tribulations, for when he is tried and comes through successfully, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those that love him. Looking at some other characteristics in Exodus chapter 12 verses 8 and 9 regarding the lamb, you are to not only to eat the flesh, but it goes on to say in verse 9 that you are to eat the head of the lamb. Why must the head of the lamb be eaten? Well, the lamb is Yeshua. So if you eat of the head, the head is the mind. The head represents the mind of Yeshua. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Yeshua HaMashiach. Let the mind that was in him be in you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct us? See, we need to know the mind of the Lord in order to be instructed. But we have the mind of Mashiach. Our mind should be renewed in Messiah. In Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. And in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23 it says and be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind because you have to no longer think like the ways of the world and the world system. You have to no longer think according to the ways of Egypt but you have to think according to the ways of the God of Israel and his ways are not the ways of the world. The word of the God of Israel should be written on our mind. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6 and verse 8 it says in these words which I command you this day. What words? The words that were commanded at Mount Sinai shall be in your hearts and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. Bind it on your mind. Romans chapter 7 verse 25 says I thank God through Yeshua HaMashiach our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the Torah of God but with the flesh I serve the law of sin the legs of the lamb must be eaten once again back to Exodus chapter 12 verses 8 and 9 you're to not only eat the lamb but it says in verse 9 that you're to eat the legs of the lamb so when you eat the legs of the lamb what are you doing the legs represent our walk with Yeshua and it represents following Torah. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 it says as you have therefore received Messiah Yeshua the Lord walk in him. And 1 John chapter 2 verse 6 it says he that says he abides in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Yeshua said in John chapter 14 verse 15 if you love me keep my commandments. And then in 1 John chapter 5 verse 3 it says this is the love of God. You know you heard it said well all that we need to do is love. Well how do you know when you love? 1 John chapter 5 verse 3. This is the love that we keep his commandments. And so when you said all we got to do is love
love, well, you love whenever you keep his commandments. You don't love by not keeping his commandments. You love by keeping his commandments. And it says his commandments are not grievous. In other words, they're not to your detriment. They are for your benefit. Walking in Torah is walking in truth. Psalm 119, 142. Your righteousness is everlasting righteousness and your Torah is the truth. Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in the truth. If you're walking in the truth, what are you walking in? Torah. Unite my heart to fear your name. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but walk in darkness, what do you do if you walk in darkness? You're not following Torah. We lie and we're not doing the truth. What's the truth? The Torah. And in 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the spiritual application of Passover. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.